What's going on, good people? And welcome to Live by the Three, a Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on the socials at Live by the Period Number Three on Instagram and on Twitter at Live by the Zero Three for your Raptors content, podcast news, or hit me up on either platform if you just want to talk hoops. I am joined by a very good friend, my older brother. I think that's fair to say, uh, Nigel Nicholas via Raptors Republic on this late night edition of Live by the Three, a Raptors podcast reaction pod, brother. Why are you still awake? <laughs> Buddy, I got up to be here with you. I miss you so uh, much, Curly. I, I heard I'm you touched. and Mac in the pod the other day, and you guys are great. I could not let Mac have the spotlight. I came crawling. <laughs> I came crawling out of my bed at this moment. Like, uh, and listen, man, it, it was not the same without you. You know, the, the three musketeers or the three amigos. However it's you want too late, to buddy. You guys did it without me. It's too late now, okay? I know who, <laughs> who you love, okay? Hey, it's not about where you were. It's where you are now, brother. And that's true, all that matters. True, 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 brother, true. Okay, fine. We, we just witnessed a... I, it's heartbreaker. A good word to describe it. I, I don't even know at this point. I think my heart was already broken, buddy. Uh, I think broken. so. I think so. I was just picking up the pieces at this point. Folks, the Lakers beat our Toronto Raptors 122 to 112 in what seemed like it was a very winnable game for the Raptors. It just did not pan out that way. The right people got hot. And, you know, unfortunately, the rest is history. For the Raptors, when we look at the stats, they shot 46 for 92 from the field, giving them 50%, 10 for 28 from three at just under 36%, and 10 for 13 from the free throw line at just under 77%. The Lakers shot 45 for 80 from the field, giving them just around 56%, 13 for 30 from three at 43%. And perfect from the free throw line 19 for 19 giving them 100 percent. nigel it really looked like the lakers were hitting a barrage of threes but looking at the stats now they only hit three more threes and i would say they hit the back-breaking threes whenever the raptors were going a little bit of a roll or whenever they would get a key stop they would just come back and hit that timely three but to me, what really stands out is the 19 for 19 from the free throw line. That cannot happen if you're trying to win a basketball game. Well, a lot of things can't happen if you're trying to win a basketball game. And you know what? The Raptors did all of those things. It was, it's the stats. But, the, but you look at the stats again, and then you look at the starters, and they were all positive, right? The plus minus on the starters. Have you seen a, a game where... The five starters, there's plus seven, plus nine, plus five, plus five, plus five, and then minus 27 from Gary Trent Jr., minus 10 from Precious Achua, who didn't even play the second half, minus 17 from Chris Boucher, minus 18 from Will Barton, minus nine from Thad. Those are the numbers that stand out to me, my friend. I don't disagree. I mean, you get 100 points from your starters, you get 63 (laughs) points. From OG and Scotty Barnes, and it's oh. still still not enough. And you're right. Like, you, when you look at the stats, like the assist numbers, there's not much of a discrepancy, 29 to 28 in favor of the Raptors. Rebounding, not much of a discrepancy there, 37 to 35 in favor of the Raptors. The Raptors got 66 points in the paint to the Lakers, 56, 20 to 13 in favor of the Raptors, again, uh, in the fast break points. But it was the points off turnover. Even though, even though... The Lakers had 21 turnovers. It's still the points off turnovers, 26 to 17. It's you know this what? Is, this is a bizarre game. Though? 
on those turnovers that we got, we got super aggressive all of a sudden on the passing. We made a lot of turnovers off the turnovers. I've never seen that craziness. It's all of a sudden we thought we were Kyle Lowry, and then we realized as we threw it, we're not Kyle Lowry. Those passes that he throws and makes, no one could make them. It was crazy. Well, we ruined that game in so many different ways. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Let's look at our, let's look at our starters tonight. <laughs> oh, I just want to say, before we start, I just want to say something. Uh, I appreciate you calling me your uh, older brother, but I, I, I like to think of you as my son. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. We've rounded, we, we reached the end of this podcast. I'm just about to boot a Nigel out. All right. You know what? It's too it's too late to argue with you. Let, let's get into the starters, brother. So we got Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Zach Perto, and Fred Mabley. It was good. That was good, by the way. I'll, I'll let you have that. Pascal, <laughs> Pascal Siakam tonight, 37 minutes, 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, one block, five for 13 shooting from the field, two for five from three, no attempts from the free throw line. Pascal has struggled on this road trip. No doubt about it. But the zero, we, we I think this is the second time he went over from the free throw line on this road trip. And that simply cannot happen as the Raptors' best player and as this engine of this team. Like, what, what really stood out uh, on this road trip about the performance from Pascal? You know what? He is so, I feel like he's just so worried about getting that foul. He loses all concentration with the screaming out. Ah, 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 M1. You know what? I feel like he loses everything in that moment where he's trying he's trying to get that foul. Forget about the foul of the point. Just get the stupid ball in the basket. Yeah. It's just everything he's he's lost his focus. I think he's shot. He's done. It, it, at this point to me, it looks like this season for him is is just trying to get through it somehow. I'm not even expecting anything from him for the rest of the way. That's that's where I'm come to now with Pascal Siakam. You know, I, I keep saying that, you know, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out because we've seen multiple games this season where he would struggle, but then he would have a strong finish. And now what I'm seeing and what really stands out to me is that he's not able to find a way to be impactful anymore. Like four rebounds, two assists. Normally on a bad game, you have seven, eight, nine rebounds, even 10 rebounds with the seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 assists. He was always flirting with a triple double. And I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. The defenses have made Pascal's game a lot more difficult. Uh, I think realistically in the Clippers game is was the only game I, I, that really stands out where he was able to get to his spots successfully. He was and able to- a really bad defense, right? Yeah, right. But I, I really thought that this was going to be a coming out party for Pascal, building off the Clippers game, and he has not figured it out. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, he he's done. It definitely looks that way. I want to believe that he's better than this, but it's also very hard to believe and, and hard to see how else he can be impactful because he's trying, and it's still not enough. You know what I mean? So what's interesting to me is that. Mostly when this situation happens, guys, are they've lost their legs. But he's still making his threes, buddy. That's to me... That's, that's the, the best part. part. That's the best part of like, his game how, right now. How is that happening? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's mental at this point. If you still got the legs to make threes, you still got the energy to be able to get rebounds and do all of those things, right? Yeah. So there's physically, it may be still there, but 
I think at this point, there's, he's just dealing with stuff. And I don't know what it is. I, I, I obviously, I mean, it's being cheesy for me to actually make something like this up. But I feel like at this point, it's all in his head and he can't get out of it. It's hard to dispute a brother with the way he's been performing as of late. I'm hoping he gets out of it because the, the clock is ticking if it hasn't already ticked. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's clock. It's clock, <laughs> buddy. It's clock. <laughs> but you know, you know who hasn't talked, so to speak? OG Ananobi. Oh, he what a fabulous game. He had the best game. Like, we've been waiting for this. I I think what really stood out, other than the 31 points, the two rebounds, the one assist, the five steals, the 12 for 14 shooting from the field, the four for six from three, the three for three from the free throw line. Outside of all of that, he played amazing defense on Anthony Davis, regardless of Yaka Pertle, regardless of Yaka Pertle in the paint, right? Minus 11, eight points. They didn't even play, they didn't even need to play him in the fourth quarter. (laughs) You know, they were like, okay, you know what? You you got clamped up, but Nigel, like OG came to play. We've seen it in the last couple of games. He's been giving in on on both ends. This is the best offensive performance he's had most efficient he he's done it in a multiple ways he's not doing it from three he's getting into the mid-range he's getting to the basket no no mid-range though he only had one mid-range that first one remember that first shot was that long two because but i mean this two i was like why are you taking not taking that first three you should have taken that three i thought trying to go in but after that he got to the rim a lot he was really nice though right the way he moved today he yeah. was like a he was like a hippopotamus in a in a in a tutu man. He looked like a ballerina out there. Where did you this come from? Right, but when when I'm talking about the mid range, I'm just talking about like in the paint. Is like you know, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a, it's yeah, like yeah. a staple. Yeah, yeah, I know you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it, sorry, it's like the staple. It's like the Staples commercial. You know, make the paint my office. He, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> he definitely did that tonight, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did a great job. He was like. That was the perfect offensive game by him. And then you, the clamping down at AD. And people were talking about maybe AD is like as good as it gets when he's playing. You know, when he's on, that is a prime, prime player. In the last five games, he played. He, AD has been playing like an MVP, scoring 29, oh. 39, 35, oh. almost 40 oh. points per game and eight points tonight. It's crazy. crazy. That, that's a, that's and how many the, times have you done that? Remember he did that. To, he's done that to how many players now? He's taken uh, Mitchell. He's taken him out. How many great players who are uh, on a roll has he just said no to? And he's not. And he's doing it one on one for the most part. I think third quarter we saw a little bit of blitz coming back and forth there, but for the most part it was just straight up. Jokic. That's what I was gonna say. He's doing it against bigs. <laughs> Like and smalls. And smalls. Like it doesn't doesn't even matter. Just he he's just on a on a tear. But defensively, since he's gotten back from the injury, that has been the strongest part. But over the last two games, you're seeing oh. two-way ability, and he's doing it other than just settling for threes or waiting for the offense. He, today he went yeah. after it. And we've said this multiple times. I've said it multiple times. When he's assertive, this is the end result, and the Raptors are better for it. Did you see him take that logo three? What the heck was that? I know he missed and everything, but for him to take a logo three, that's like me walking around with bacon, man. Hey, listen. 
listen, listen. At that point, if you're eleven for eleven, <laughs> that's true. That's true, that's a true. that you can Yo, take that man. heat check. He, you know what? <laughs> he could have shot it from the bench, and I would have been okay with it. <laughs> oh, I was okay with it, but I was like, "What? I've never seen her triumph there. It was crazy." Hey, you know what? Confidence is a hell of a drug, man, and and you saw oh. that tonight. And speaking of confidence, Scotty Barnes. Oh. Had his best road game of the season by far. Career high, 32 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, one steal for 13 for 19 from the field, one for four from three, and five for six from the free throw line. If we get this on a consistent basis from Scotty and OG, we can go on a tear. It's just the problem is we cannot have it. So, Nigel, what what really stood out to you from the beginning of the road trip for Scotty Barnes and now at the end of the road trip, because in the last two games, he's been ultra aggressive. So I'll tell you what stood out for me today for him. Number one is this wasn't fourth quarter Scotty. This wasn't third quarter Scotty. This is all quarter Scotty. And it was a sight to behold, right? And on top of it, you and I have always thought of him as his best position as at that point forward spot. Today, he was a point guard, brother. He took control like a lead guard takes control. He yep. told guys where to go. He made the right passes. Uh, he he was a magnificent point. He was he was magic today, buddy. He really was. Cannot dispute it. Jakob Pertl tonight, double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, and 8 for 17. A little inefficient, shooting. though, right? A little, a little inefficient. I, I think there were some possessions where it should have been a dunk, and he went for that reverse layup, and he ended up getting blocked. And it's like, come on, man, you're seven one. You could dunk it on their heads. Um, but still, you know, uh, an anchor defensively. Not many times he was out of position. He played his role. So minus the inefficiency, I would say it's uh, not a terrible game by Jakob by any means. You know what I mean? Definitely not a one of his it better was, performances. It wasn't his better, exactly. I was about to say, yeah. offensively, it wasn't one. And but I guess he's laid the bar so high that I'm saying stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? He has been so good up to now that the six of fourteen nine. I'm like, mm, what, what's going on here? You know, defensively, you know, one of the things I was, I'm still complaining about, and I mentioned this before, is uh, our defense is so predictable at this point that. They can put him all the way out on the perimeter and keep him there. And he can't get make his way back because they just don't... Like, we're playing OG on AD, right? So, and he's stuck with Vanderbilt. So, it's a bit of an issue there, right? I'd like to see more in the paint. Somehow, trying to find ways to keep him more deeper in the, in the game. I agree with that. I definitely don't like it when he's on the perimeter either. But like you said, we're playing a predictable defense. We're, we're playing that ultimate ball pressure. And I really feel like that really forces Jakob out of the paint, right? So I definitely feel like while ball pressure is good, it doesn't have to be for the entire game or the entire possession of a 24-second shot clock. Like, you know, definitely make it more situational because, you know, as great as, as Jakob has improved in terms of his quickness, he, he can't deal with a, the speed of a Vanderbilt or even, um, you know, sometimes he gets switched on a point guard. He's not keeping up with those guys. So I definitely want to see that. I totally agree. But ima imagine you're talking about the bar being set so high. He's getting 17 and 10. We're talking like, eh, that's an inefficient game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you know what's interesting is like uh, the second half, he didn't stay so deep on Vanderbilt, who's not a very good three-point shooter, right? So they made that 
that's what nurse so that's what where you see the genius in nurse he sees those little moments but one thing like i feel like he's always countering everyone else now they're not countering him they it's know all reactionary it's all reactionary yeah. now yeah exactly right and that's not a good sign we're always on the back foot because they know what's going on we're just so freaking predictable at this point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. don't have anything out of that fred van vliet not his most efficient game but did enough playmaking he he missed shots that he normally would knock down and but uh, listen as much as we're talking about the inefficiency from some of our better players on this team let's give credit where credit is due the minute the the raptors went on a run the lakers went zone and we know how we are with zones we don't have the perimeter <laughs> threat you know what i mean and to the raptors credit they did create those opportunities for the likes of fred pascal Boucher, Gary Trent Jr., and they just weren't going down tonight. Eight points, 10 assists, four rebounds, three steals from Freddie on an inefficient three for nine shooting from the field, two for six from three, no attempts from the free throw line. What went wrong for Fred this game, in your in your opinion? So, you know what, with Freddie, his shooting is up and down. It's always been, it's, it's who he is, right? And I think another thing, too, he, this is so now that 10 assists a game that, that makes up for it, right? You're, I'm willing to have that inefficiency now much more than I was before. He keeps everything together. That's what, that's what for me, balances everything, all the bad shooting at times, right? But still, I would like more consistency from Fred on the shooting side. And it's always been a weakness for me. Yeah, he's definitely being that floor general and he is dropping dimes like you said you know you you will take the bad games if you and we'll be missing a lot we'll be missing those open shots too like crazy yeah, today. absolutely absolutely all right let's get into our role players brother let's start off with thaddeus young four minutes one rebound obviously minus nine precious like this was the this was the recourse you know precious was having a bad game and thaddeus young was was the answer and he was completely ineffective unfortunately Boucher as well, 11 minutes, two points, two rebounds, one block on one for three shooting. You know, I look at a game like the Clippers where he was super aggressive on both ends. And then tonight, could it have been fatigue? He just looked out of place. He was hesitant. It's not what we've seen lately from him. What did you notice from Boucher tonight? So I I noticed that after Precious, Precious wasn't there for the second half, and neither was Boucher. Those two's got to be, they're like you and me, buddy. Curly and the Nige. We we walk together, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing with Precious, man. Precious took him out. No no Precious, no Boucher, buddy. That's what happened. He doesn't know what to do. He's lost. Yeah, and, and you know, it's so crazy because Precious... He played the first half and didn't even see the floor in the second half, and he got five points, two rebounds. Oh, but God. he was just awful. They, yeah, they they just looked so out of place. They were not crashing the glass as much as they should. They weren't even fighting for position. And Samson yeah. has labeled them the Bash Bros. They're, they've been they've been giving no bashes. They've been getting bashed. <laughs> All, all game long, you know what I mean? And especially down uh, the recent stretch. Will Barton tonight, point Will Barton. You know what, man? Even though it was only five points in 14 minutes, he did get one rebound, three assists, one steal. Mac alluded to this, that the Will Barton signing might have killed the Jeff Doughton experiment. Oh, yeah, sure. You know what yeah. I mean? 
but but maybe you know, not right but maybe but maybe not but this wasn't a bad game for somebody that's still adjusting to this team coming off a non-covid illness in 14 minutes he he gave some quality 14 minutes it wasn't perfect but it, it was some quality so i got a question for you it's not about will barton it's about the combination of will barton and ttj as your guards is that a viable bench or do we need a will do we need either will or gtj with a doubt that's exactly where i was gonna go i don't want to see thaddeus young anymore i think it's it's ran its course you know gary Trent jr went 0 for 9 to 9 in 21 minutes you know that simply cannot happen but i i really feel that point guard will is not a long-term solution i think where where we see the significant fall off is Steady Freddy keeps everything together. We don't have that on well, the Scotty second played unit. Good. No, I Scotty played good today. Scotty, as Scotty played. Yes, you are one hundred percent right. He, he left. It was on. It's on the defense though. Will and DTJ defensively dealing with the smalls. And look who look who went off for them. Reeves, right? He just went off because he had no one. He got away, and he then he just got in a groove. And once he got in a groove, who got in, who came next? Dilo, right? So you know what? It was their guards that just fueled this whole game through. And let's not forget Dennis Schroeder, who no, all out saying. of his men, it, right? It was the guards, and at the, at the end of the day, they were just all in heat check mode, every one of them, and they were just going off. We couldn't stop them. The momentum had already swung too far, and as I've seen before. Shoot is shoot, and once you got a shooter on the go, you're currently. I hear you're a pretty good shooter. You know what it's like <laughs> when you're feeling it. You're feeling it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Once you know, you you can shoot the ball, and you know it looks like the ocean. You know what I mean? It's just a guaranteed bucket. But I, I really felt like as much as Scotty Barnes did a fabulous job tonight. You know, he's a starter for a reason. Why does he need to be staggered with the second unit? Let's get a reliable. I think don't you know you you know what I'm you know what I'm going with this. Right? Yeah, 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 for creator. sure. They need creators, right? That that what what they have there. They don't it, like Gary feeds up other people, right? Mm-hmm. Pusha's not going to get you a bucket but unless it's he, it's being given to him. Same with Precious right now. I I don't know how uh, Orrin Weisfeld did an article on it and how he's been changing positions. How his ankle maybe maybe not fully recovered. All kinds of stuff could be gone because he's not exploding the way he was. He was beating everyone off the dribble and going right to that basket and hammering it. He can't do that anymore. He's been shut down a lot. I mean, he's been rendered useless some games, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and it's been very unfortunate, not not what I expected. But, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the individual performances and we looked at stats. Is there a, a component of this game that, you know, had the Raptors done something differently, maybe the outcome would have been different? Like, was it on the defensive end? Was it offensive? Like, where, okay, where, we know where, buddy, you, should we, can we, let's have this conversation, okay? Let's, let's open it, up the kimonos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nurse, let's have that conversation. Okay. Because everything is going to come down to that at the end of the day, right? <laughs> I know you said in your last podcast that, that the first to go was the coach, right? And let's face it, 
this team is not gonna get any better in the short term with the players playing the way they are. So that's the conversation I'd like to have. You know, it's it's very hard to to dispute that. You know, um, I would say that the combination of, of players tonight definitely falls on the shoulders of Nick Nurse. Absolutely, I would I would go a step further because, you know, the Raptors won the first and third quarter, the third quarter convincingly, twenty eight to fifteen in that quarter, and that was majority due to the starters. Now, it's something that I have cried for, you've cried for. Make use of the guys that you have. Play the yep. players coming off the bench. But not today. <laughs> not today. Not today. So, it was. It, he was kind of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. Now, I'm not, right? I'm not absolving him of, of any wrongdoing because he has done some questionable things. But I look at the key moments when they're going on this run. You know, I look at, look at that flagrant one that Scotty got. You had Precious trailing. You had Scotty just nipping at the heels and Gary Trent Jr. jogging right beside him. Where's the effort to try and get in front of that player? You know what I mean? I've, we also saw the Raptors got a nice three and then a quick pass, outlet pass from out of bounds leads to another quick two for the Lakers. It was those those moments that really stand out to me, the, the attention to detail. We've talked about it. You stole my line. You know, it's the little <laughs> thing. I did not steal it. You stole it from me. <laughs> but it's it, it's those little things that really stand out. <laughs> yep, they do. I know. I, you know what? You always trust your friends with your own lines. Never trust your friends with your lines, buddy. <laughs> Hey, listen, if you go on and you go make millions, just remember where who gave that to you, who coined the phrase for you. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Wait, if I'm making millions, you're right next to me, okay? So shut okay. up. <laughs> I think we're in agreement. Like, you know, they just look so deflated on the defensive yeah. end. And but you know what? It was those backbreaking shots. But if you look at if you look at how those shots uh got off, it was a simple swing pass. One pump fake, a simple two dribble into the paint, swing it back outside, corner three. Swing it, uh, penetrate again, swing it out to the top, a three again, or a backdoor cut. It it just really felt that the Raptor, it didn't take much for the Raptors to be scrambling defensively. I feel like, you know what, buddy? I don't, I feel like those shots were the reason I feel like the, the camel's already had its back broken. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. And they're just, there's nothing in there right now, like to you know when you get to a certain point and you can't pull yourself back out you know and i feel that that's where they're they've tried buddy they work really hard out there today there's the there's just something that scary that whole thing just fell apart and they couldn't bring it back together and it was a bad bad situation but this whole road trip has been that way too well right yeah one and four um you know the the hawks got a key win the uh i think the heat got another key win so instead of looking down at the competition they're now looking up at the competition going one on four on this road trip but they're coming home for some home cooking i don't know if it's gonna make much of a difference at this point isn't it usually road trips that bring the team together right you would think so you would think so that's where they're all out together doing their thing together you know 
being a team together, right? When they're going to go back home, they're all going to split up and do their own thing again, right? So everyone's... This is a wasted moment, this, this five-game road trip. It should have been bring it all back together and move forward. It's fallen apart, and how do we fix it right now? Exactly, and and you know, Mac and I were trying to look for solutions with, uh, within to find uh, to see where the Raptors can go. But March 14th, they're back at home hosting the Denver Nuggets with a 7:30 tip-off. We saw what happened. We saw the controversy that surrounded that game. But Nigel, the Raptors were right there, and they prop arguably. But they even though they might have the whole road trip, buddy. Yeah, Every yeah. Every single game has looked exactly the same. Right, but I, I will, I will push back a little bit and say that against Denver, it's probably the best they've looked. And it wasn't for if it wasn't for that. They look great today. <laughs> they look great today. At times, they look fantastic today. Right. Right, but then and then you have the role players, and then it all falls apart. Same but thing. it's the same frigging model, buddy. Right, you know but, what? Come to the dark side, buddy. It's over. It's over. <laughs> hey, listen, there's still some games on the schedule. I still got some reaction pods to do, so I'm not. I'm not letting the fat lady well, sing. I'm putting the reaction sock- pod anymore. It's a death pod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm putting the sock in the fat lady's mouth. She ain't all singing right, right now. All right, I stop. Let, let, let's <laughs> let's let's look at a, let's look at some keys to victory. What could the Raptors do differently against the Denver Nuggets if they're looking to try and salvage whatever? Left looking of the to season? try. Yeah. Yeah. Then bring down, bring Coloco up. Then so I saw Coloco yesterday at the nine five game. His offense is not there. He doesn't have an offensive game. And and he was bullied by big guys. Uh, he only had like four rebounds or five rebounds, something like that. Six rebounds, I think he had. And he was the tallest guy there. I, I, his, his offense is not there, but it's got to be better than Precious's game. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you know. I, I definitely feel that something needs to be different. And and the Raptors definitely do need a different look. Maybe bringing Coloco in and a Dalton can definitely alleviate that, especially with the struggles that they're having uh, defensively with Boucher. Or sorry, let me say the inconsistencies with the Precious and with the Boucher. You know, I think in, in short minutes, you know, you have Yaka come off the floor, then you got to deal with a Christian Coloco. And while the offense might not be there, he might provide enough defensively. Jeff Dowden... They need to free Jeff Dowden coming off the bench. I think he will be like Freddie Jr. for the second unit. Uh, as great as Scotty has been has been used and staggered with the bench players, and he has found success and they have fed off of his success. Let's give the kids some rest and let's, you know, let's see what these other do guys can do. They can't be worse. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Point. Exactly. Uh, okay. And if you want to know the second one point, uh, what we can do, I think. If we really want a chance to do well, I don't even know if it's possible, but Nurse has got to go. Uh, you're not, you're not going to get that now. So let's strike that from the Tell record. Tell me why not. Tell me you why know? not. Listen, they're 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 in too deep, man. They're in too deep. They can't do it now. They're in too deep, and if they're going to find a way to bail out, buddy, that's the fast. And you know that. And I think you've heard you. I've heard you say it on your pod. Uh, you and Mac were talking. You said the easiest thing to do at this point. It's easier to get rid of the coach than to get rid of 15 players, right? Right. Well, I'll look at it like this. Maybe a tweak of philosophy 
can it's benefit not, this funny. team. He's an he's the same age as me. Okay, so we, I'm not no even talking about anything. I'm, I'm not even, even talking sport, about Nurse. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even talking about Nurse. But let but let's say you you do go in that direction, and and much of the problems are still the same because no matter I I, I look at it like this, you get a different coach. You know, even if you let go of Nurse today, I guarantee you he's going to get scooped up right away. You know what I mean? He, yeah, we know I, that. He, we know that. You know what I mean? We know so that. So is the lack of depth a Nick Nurse problem? Is the lack of shooting a Nick Nurse problem? I, I think would the say, whining is a Nick Nurse problem. Listen, I think uh, we, that's, we, that's, uh, the greatest rafter of all time was also the greatest whiner of all time in Kyle Lowry. He he went at the refs just as much as anyone. And I and, and like how Mac, Mac and I discussed in the last pod, I think the ghost of Lowry still lingers among the Raptors. <laughs> but I, I agree with you 100%. Nick Nurse is very animate about going at the refs, and we see it trickling down from uh, from everybody else. Pascal, Scotty has been notorious this season. You know, Freddie doesn't even say anything, and he's getting technical fouls. You know what I mean? So I, I think in order for a lot of this to change, we just can't look at one problem. We got to look at everything. Okay, but let's go back to I mean? Kyle Lowry whining, right? You know who didn't whine? DeMar DeRozan didn't whine. You know who else didn't whine? You didn't see Casey on the sidelines whining. The only person who whined was Kyle Lowry. And that's why he got away with it. Now, the whole freaking team whines from nurse on down. So Boucher whines. They all whine. So that's the And it problem. takes them out of the whole, game. Whole culture whining, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, I, I agree. And you know, when they didn't whine is when they had Kawhi Leonard here. Everything mirrored his image and they were all about business. And so I definitely feel that the only way that they're going to get back to that is that they need to keep it quiet yeah, and that's, focus that's on the game that's, itself. That's one thing right there that will change if we have a coaching change. Okay? That whole... That whole wasted energy spent on you know, worrying about what's going on with the ref's head and not worrying about what's going on with the, in the game, right? So that's one thing to start with. The second thing that I think we'll start with, Nurse is Nurse, right? He has that overbearing, strong personality. And maybe another coach will let the players breathe a little, right? Give them that opportunity. Like the defense, come on, man. They have look at the defenders. They have incredible defenders, buddy. And what are we like 16th in the league right now on defense? How? And we have a center. It's not like we don't have a center anymore. Even since we've had a center, our, our, we're still league average, right? On defense for the last century. So you know what? Something's wrong with the system. Something's wrong with the players. And I think it, if we get rid of Nurse, we might be able to salvage something. Otherwise, I don't think this is going to salvage. You know, brother, you you made some valid points about Nick Nurse. And, you know, I've always, especially this season, I've been giving him a lot of a lot of leeway. I always felt like, you know, he was damned if he, if he, damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. But, you know, if we look at, you know, the way the team was constructed during the championship run and where we are right now without this, without including this season, we only had one losing season, you know, and this is with having an incomplete roster. This is when vision six, nine was supposed to be the revolutionary thing and other teams have taken the blueprint and ran with it. So 
with the deficiencies that we have, you know, the lack of scoring depth, self creators, like how, how you suggested, we, we agree on that front. We need more creation coming off the bench. We need more shooting. We need consistent shooting. I, I definitely feel that, you know, the vision where we sacrifice versatility and lack of role definition, we're seeing some of these problems now. In comparison to the 2019 and even the bubble season, everybody had a role to play and we excelled for it. So let's say hypothetically things go south or they continue to trend in the direction that it's going in right now. You know, we're out of the play-in, we get a good draft pick, and we address some of these deficiencies. Are you willing to give Nick Nurse another shot, or are you completely off that bandwagon? So, my okay, so we've addressed these deficiencies, but we haven't addressed them. We've addressed them from a player standpoint, but we haven't addressed them as in the coach hasn't made changes based on those. We're still playing the same defenses, right? Yeah. We have new personnel. We have he has still stayed doing the same things that he was doing before. You know, he when he wasn't here for that game against was it Detroit? Um, we saw them play some Chicago, right? Like consistently, it wasn't out of anywhere. It wasn't just like it was consistently playing Chicago over and over and over again. We don't see him doing that because that was that would be like too much for us to actually do something like that with structures like that even defensively we're still doing the same things like we we're talking about Pirtle being on the outside why why because that's still the vision six nine type of defense that he wanted to play before and okay so i get that we're bad shooters and because of that we have to play this crazy defense that creates all these turnovers that leads to easier buckets. So that's it's not, really not, not even the shooting itself. It's the, the lack of half-court creation, right? That we, we are forced to play this chaotic style of defense to generate those fast-break opportunities. And look, you know, we still generated enough fast-break opportunities and we still lose the game. You know what I mean? So... No, I know. You know, so... so, so you're I, preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> Preach, Reverend. Preach, Reverend Curly. <laughs> So I, I think if we get some of those creators and we get, you know, an additional shooter, like I, I really feel like this idea that every player has to be versatile is killing us. Let's get yeah. some role definition. Let's get some players where, you know, they don't have to be versatile. They just have to play within themselves because I think what we're seeing now is an overextension of every single player. Well, what, what do you think about that? No, I I think at this point, we're do, people are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. Right? Because, and Absolutely. that's the problem, right? Like, a portal on the on the perimeter? No. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Does it make any sense whatsoever? No. Sure. You know what? We're doing things that we we can't do and because he's being stubborn. He's not adapting. He's not playing to what's in front of him. He's playing to this little philosophy. It's philosophy versus personnel, right? He has the personnel to play different things, but he wants to stick with his philosophy. With all that being said, you want to make a prediction? Are we getting a win at home against the Denver Nuggets? No. <laughs> no. We're not. I don't even know if we're going to get a win for the rest of the season. How many times have we played Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, you, you know what? You know what we need? We just need to play the Charlotte Hornets for the rest of the season. You know, let's right. have. We're, we're beyond this at this point. Okay. <laughs> I am well, not you... even thinking for sure. I, if, we, if we if we get a win against Charlotte Hornets, I would be happy. You know what I mean? I don't need a 10 point win to make me happy in that. At this point, we just need anything. You know, I think I'm going to stop uh, bringing you on this podcast, you know. <laughs> your, your negativity is killing my vibe. It's not negativity, buddy. It's, no, it's not no, negative. I know. I know. It's not, it's not it's, negative. But you know what? Not Sorry, not to cut you off. You are valid. You are valid in your position. We because one out of the last five games, buddy. Yeah. And that had to go to overtime because we did another collapse. Yeah. And we just yeah. managed to pull it out. All five games, we've collapsed at the end. Yeah, and you know, and it's been an unfortunate trend all season long. You know, it, 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 that inconsistency, the inability to close out. And, and I just don't know what it is. You know, one game, you know, we avoid the third quarter. We, we avoid the third quarter lull. We have a great third, and then we come out flat in the fourth. And then we come out flat in the third, and then we have, you know, the, the quote-unquote fake comebacks in the fourth, and then we still end up losing the game. I just hey, want to know... Question. I just want to know what's what what's the fall off, buddy. I got a question. I don't. Do you understand that? Because I don't understand. It doesn't Remember make sense. Last year, we were so confident last year. We wouldn't even play to the fourth quarter. It was like they were just like think, oh, I can just turn it all up in the fourth quarter, and defense would just go nuts, and we would make buckets, and we would just we would just get in the game again, right? How many times we saw that, right? Now we don't have that confidence anymore. I'll be honest with you, brother. As much as we we did that last season, I didn't like it one bit. I didn't, I didn't like it, but it's better than this. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely better than this. But you know, I really felt that with them not addressing some key issues in the off season, you know, they yeah. I, I felt yeah. the Yaka Pertle trade should have been done at the beginning of the season. No. I, I definitely mm-hmm. felt that you know the the fourteen million dollars spent among. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Thaddeus Young could have been distributed in getting some more skilled players. You know what I mean? Uh, Thaddeus Young, no slight against him. He did his job when we made that trade for him. It wasn't the greatest trade. I don't. I still maintain we didn't need to give a first-round pick to get Thaddeus Young here. But it is what it is. He did his job. Did we need to give him a $16 million extension? Now, I know the second year isn't guaranteed. But I definitely felt that, you know, if you wanted to bring him back, you could have brought him back. On a, on How a, much on you pay for for Thad? What was our what's what was his salary this year? It was eight million. Sixteen for two how years, much, but the second year not guaranteed. How much Actually was uh, Delon? Right, Delon. I think he was is, is, around. Is that right, right. I think eight, he's nine. around that range, like like that seven seven to ten range. Have? Sorry. Who would you rather have? Delon Wright. No hesitation. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Is that you know what I mean? In like, a heartbeat. Why? How did we not get Delon? Yeah, he was open to it. Yeah, right? I mean, you could you could take your pick. We can go on forever, you know. You know, uh, a Malik Monk. Imagine a Malik Monk in, in on this team. You know what I mean? Even the versatility of of a Bruce Brown, that connector piece, that glue guy coming off the bench. You know, he he's versatile, but he can also create for himself. He had a tremendous year in Brooklyn. He's having a great year in Denver. I really felt like those were some of the guys that we should have brought back. But, you know, we can sit here for hours and talking about the coulda, woulda, shoulda of it all. But to wrap up the end of the podcast, I'm predicting, just to, just to spite you, okay, I'm predicting what, what... a victory odd okay. against up. the Nuggets. It's going to be a sweat. 
It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a sweaty game. I say, you know, maybe a three, two point victory in favor of the Are we betting on this? Are we betting this game? Just that, just out of curiosity. You know what? If they win, I'm bringing you on for another podcast. How about that for a bet? That sounds like a win for you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) What do I get out of (laughs) it? You you get an opportunity to potentially spew your venom once again. You know what? I'm feeling tired. I got to admit, it's probably a good time to wrap up because I'm a little tired. I get cranky, buddy. It's time for me to go. Listen, man. So before I mute you, folks, let me... (laughs) Let us conclude this podcast, this very entertaining reaction pod. Nigel, thank you for joining me at the late night hour. Folks, thank you to all listeners, new and old, for tuning in. Nigel, the floor is yours, brother. What do you have on tap for the good people? Uh, what do I have? I just did the 905 game. Uh, not really that much. Just been doing a bunch of pods. Got to do more writing. Uh, but before anything else, uh, I'm anytime you call... I'm always there, Curls. You know that. Because at the end of the day, you got me into this whole thing. And I appreciate it very much, brother. And whatever you want, I'm always there for you. Great man. And I appreciate having you part of my Twitter and life. Okay? Oh, It goes both ways, brother. You know? (laughs) Listen... You know, you you give the best retweets for my reaction thoughts. I don't think I could repay you enough. And you know what? I'm not going to pay you. You're going to do that on the goodness of your heart. Folks, if you have not if you have not checked out Nigel's work, he does fabulous stuff for Raptors Republic. He is now becoming a podcast master. He is all over YouTube. Check him out. He's very insightful as you can tell very entertaining and nigel i appreciate you for taking the time to thanks man i love having i love being here i appreciate it very much appreciate it folks if you have not done so please don't forget to subscribe rate and review the podcast and i mean so much if you take the time to do so and until the next episode everyone please continue to stay healthy and stay safe good people peace